covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman here riding solo for this edition of the show. Jim Mernier, our co-host and buddy, will be stepping aside for just this weekend to attend to a family matter outside of the show. We wish him and his family the best at this time. But for right now, you're going to be joined by yours truly, guiding you the rest of this way. As for the NAL, there hasn't really been much going on. Main news as of this edition has been the owners meetings that took place Monday of this recording so if we're looking back there that would be September 14th uh, otherwise not too much is going on on the news front really most of us probably at least if you're looking for any indoor action we watched the United Bowl just take place where the former NAL Massachusetts Pirates now in the IFL won their first United Bowl and their first championship as a franchise so uh, you know what congratulations to you that's that's what I'm going to say um, <laughs> I'm not going to be as petty as some people on Facebook or Twitter about how they had to move leagues to get a championship. They still won, and they still beat a Arizona Rattlers team that has been notorious for, you know, they stock up on talent, and they've been successful for years on end. So, you know, you, you, want, you say what you will, but, I mean, it's still impressive in my eyes. Uh, congrats to them, and best of luck to them wherever their future is, of course, going in the IFL. Otherwise, in terms of news, not really much beyond that. And we're kind of sitting and twiddling our thumbs, waiting to see what happens. You know, again, there's still rumors of expansion. We're hoping to hear other things the NAL might be expanding upon in terms of improving the league. Um, hopefully we see, as the offseason goes on, more improvements on, say, the social front as well. And one thing that came to mind that I didn't realize, at least until recently discussed on the NAL uh, group page on Facebook. It was brought up by BJ Bunn, and I didn't realize this was a restriction. And this it applies to the NAL and the IFL in this case, but I did not realize AFL players from 2019 were barred from joining the IFL in the next season that would be played. Now, this was supposed to originally take place in 2020. Obviously, COVID protocols and restrictions and cancellations of seasons kind of back push that back one year and so 2021 acted as the year to add as in barring afl participants from the 2019 season in joining the ifl i did not realize this uh i have i and jim have made comments about afl players being in the nal and there are those that enjoy the nal absolutely however if you consider the fact that the IFL is going to lift those restrictions as of next year, at least according to the players that I have discussed this with, and uh, in that case, I mean, I'm going to trust the players from at least getting multiple people saying this, that there's going to be competition now for these talents. And that is a little bit of a eyebrow raiser to think, well, we might be losing some of the guys that we saw here and got a little bit of, I would say a little bit spoiled on for the talent level. Now, perhaps some of them stay. You know, again, a lot of these owners, I feel, or all the owners, I would say, are good in terms of they've been quality. They've been, you know, showing that they can provide a good product and can be, I would think, you know, good ownerships in terms of, you know, allowing players to play and giving them the opportunities that they need. Uh, however, you know, in terms of 
you want play, players wanting a little more exposure, players wanting a little more to add on to their resume and to be more in the spotlight for other organizations to may see, this is where the NAL, I hope, catches up with production as well as social media exposure because the IFL is going to help these players a bit more. And I worry the NAL might need to start accelerating this process to help in this case. Um, and again, I think the NAL still is a better product in terms of football rules and style. It's just that if we're looking at production value and who is trying to push that they are the premier product, and if you're looking at players and saying, well, the players are going, hey, maybe we can go over there and maybe we can, you know, get a little more exposure on a national broadcast level, and those stadiums not that as big, you still have to wonder that. That is something you have to keep in the back of your mind, especially if you are an owner and if you are someone that's looking to compete against the IFL, which from all I can understand, I believe the NAL is trying to do so. So you have to keep that in mind. And again, I didn't realize this until this was brought up and then kind of reiterated by multiple players, but that's the case. So this is something we're going to be having to watch out for as we move into the 2022 season. Cause if not all these AFL players return to the NAL and the IFL does poach that some of these guys were, I mean, not saying that rookies can't step in and of course improve or fill those gaps. Well, but you know, it's not exactly that arena football is taught very much outside of, you know, professional arena leagues you know it takes a little bit of skill to get used to some of the game and a lot of these afl guys have been through the ringer so much that it helps improve the product on the field it's you it's a little worrisome i guess i'm not and again most of these guys well not most all of them have a choice to do this as they please it's just that you hope that you can get a lot of them that made this product good that last year back again as well something keep in mind just saying i did not realize this i'm glad that i this was brought to my attention because this is a new wrinkle that i have to take into account and that maybe some some of you will now have to take into account coming in to next year speaking of players we are starting our players series for the off season we promised you that we were going to be talking to players coaches even owners of the like as the off season progresses just to kind of get you know talks around the league and just to keep you know, the conversation about the league going as well, and maybe give you some stories you haven't heard along the way. This week, we were joined by Devin Wilson. I'm joined by Devin Wilson here on my one-on-one discussion, talking about his playing career, also talking about his time with the Jacksonville Sharks, you know, how he has been, you know, part of the community and how he has embraced the Shark Tank as a whole, along with a few other tidbits that you might enjoy in our discussion as well. So sit back, relax, and, uh, you know, Keep that play button a rolling. Joining me today on the Inside the Walls podcast, I have a special guest from your Jacksonville Sharks. It is Devin Wilson, the two-time NAL champion receiver, uh, one of your top targets on the Sharks over the last course of the last three seasons with them. Uh, Really a household name in the NAL and an arena in general. I mean, you've been to several leagues, including the AFL yourself, Devin, welcome onto the show. Uh, it's good to, good to get you in here. Um, unfortunately, Jim's not gonna be able to join us. Just, uh, circumstances out of our control have, uh, not allowed him to be here today, but he really is easier in spirit, I would say. Uh, and he was, he's been looking forward to talk to you. So we'll, we'll get him on another show here and I'll bring him some questions. I imagine he'd ask, but welcome. At least thank you for joining me today for this edition. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, you know, prayers and stuff going out to him and his family. Um, yes. 
wish him the best and, you know, looking forward to the opportunity as well. But, you know, uh, thank you, you know, for having me on and, uh, you know, let's, let's get this thing going. Absolutely. And look, I, I kind of, I myself with every show here and any, even football shows I do outside of inside the walls, I always like the backstory of players, you know, play each one has a different, at least I'd say career path. whenever you're in kind of a foot, when at least football is your career or at least your passion. So, and yours, just from what I've gathered and from what, you know, Jim's at least told me and from what I've been able to know um, yours, at least from high, from the college scene onward, kind of, you know, not not really the most standard of uh, football pads and at least stops on the way. No, yeah, definitely not. Uh, so, you know, um, high school, uh, you know, um, I was recruited majority to play safety. Uh, TSU was actually like the only school to offer me to play wide receiver. Okay. Um, everybody else wanted me to play like safety, outside linebackers, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, went to TSU, uh, got a chance to start, you know, play as a true freshman. Uh, which was kind of cool. You know, um, we didn't have the best of seasons, so staff got fired. You know, I, I went through all that. Um, Coach Reed came in and uh, brought uh, Coach Mike Jones in uh, and, you know, kind of taught me a few things, you know, that I still use today and I even teach, uh, you know, okay. the receivers and stuff that I that I coach now, the same thing. Um, but um, my sophomore year, uh i took a hit in practice was like paralyzed for like six hours wow, told me wow. i'll never never walk again never any all that stuff uh so my sophomore year i was actually like leading the team in receptions it was on i think we were two games in or something like that and uh yeah took took a hit and uh it was tough um had to sit out that entire whole year I had to wear a neck brace for like six months and all this stuff. It was really fun. Dang, um, dang. Came back though, you know, got to play uh, again into my redshirt sophomore year in the NCAA. Grant, granted me another year, um, so that's how I kind of got to play five years in college. Um, but played my redshirt sophomore year, had a good season. Uh, going into my redshirt junior year, um, we were. My senior year, we were um, made it the second round of the playoffs. Played Jimmy Garoppolo, got put out uh, the second round of the playoffs by him. Uh, so, uh, but it kind of was an injury uh, rig season for me. Uh, dislocated like both of my shoulders uh, my senior year. Um, so, uh, we had a great season as a team, and uh, you know we had some great players around. So, uh, got the opportunity to work out in front of twenty eight of 32 NFL scouts at our pro day. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, we had one of the top tight ends in the nation and AC Leonard, um, on our team who's now is, a, uh, who now is a CFL, uh, all-star DN. Um, yeah, had him on our team along with some O-linemen. So had a, you know, a good, a good, uh, pro day really, you know, really nothing kind of worked out from it. Um, you know, so I was, uh, I went to a few workouts, some CFL workouts, and, uh, man, I, I had to get a job. You know, I had to get, a, like, a real job. And uh, I was valeting cars at the Doubletree Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee. That's where I'm from, Nashville, um, Music Tennessee. Music City, yeah. Yeah, Music City. <laughs> and um, I sent out, like, all my film, like, my college film, um, all this stuff, you know, um, to NFL, CFL, 
AFL, GFL, you know what I'm saying? I was just trying to see, like, dang, like, you know, it, it was – played football since I was five years old, so football has always been, like, in my life. And, uh, you know, that was the first time I kind of had to be without it. So it was kind of weird for me. So um, I sent all these emails out, man. It was crazy. And um, nothing happened. So I get an agent. I get an agent, a first-time agent. And this was when the Nashville Venom, like, first came to Nashville. And uh, Billy Back was the coach. And this okay. is, like, this is why me and him kind of have an interesting relationship. Uh, so uh, Billy Back was a coach of the Nashville Venom, and my agent called me, and he really didn't know a lot of stuff about anything because he was a first-time agent. He was actually a, a insurance salesman, and uh, they got his sports, <laughs> they got his sports, <laughs> got his sports agency license, and it was just like, oh, the this arena teams here in Nashville, you know, you should go for a trial or you should come for a workout with them. So I went to a workout with Billy and them, and. Uh, it's funny because like some of the guys that were there at that same practice, like Ken Walton, uh, you know, got a chance to play with him this year. So, you know, it was kind of funny getting to talk about that experience and him actually being there. So um, went for that workout, you know, Billy kind of told me he liked me, blah, blah, blah. But he was like, you know, I want you to be on, want you to be here. You're local to practice, but I can't, can't play, like pay you. And I was just like, what? Like, it was my first time, like, understanding, like, really how this went. So shot that down, and I get an email from James Fuller of the Richmond Raiders, and he asked me uh, in the email. I still got it, and I look at it every now and then. And he said, uh, do, you, uh, do you still want to play football? And I, I responded back to him, like, yes. So you, so, you uh, saved the, so you saved that email then? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, because it was kind of uh, – it was very interesting how it just transpired. It was random. I was at work one day. I was actually violating – just got out of violating a car, walking back up to the front, and my email went off, and I looked at it. I'm like, Richmond Raiders, James Fuller. I was like, PIFL, Professional Indoor Football League. Like, what is this? So he was like, you know, hey, I'm a senior contract. Contract came over. It was like $150 a game. And I was just like – Oh, all right. You know, let's go do it. So about a week before I'm about to go out to Richmond, the Arizona Rattlers called me. And this is when they were like top team in the AFL, like Davila, right. um, Purify, Rod Windsor, you know, uh, JK, when they had like just, just a super team. Uh, so uh, Kevin Guy called me and was just like, hey, I want you to come out to a workout in Arizona. So before I went out to Richmond, I went to a workout, my like very first arena, true arena workout in Arizona, and uh, went all the way out to Arizona, and they were just like, "Yeah, no, nah, you you ain't got it. Like you no. just ain't got you ain't got it." I was like, "Dang!" Like all right, so <laughs> I went to Richmond and uh, got an opportunity to play, and. Uh, in four games, I was leading the, the PIFL like in every receiving category. And I get a call from uh, Ron Seleski with the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And then that's a jump right there. I And I, I was going to wait and see how, how this plays out because obviously, I mean, I 
one of the things you actually have a, someone's put a nice Wikipedia page of yours up here. So it's uh lays out your stats, but just PIFL to CFL. I think some people don't realize how big of a, uh, at least in terms of recognizability and what talent levels are known for gap that is. So, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was different. You know, you usually, you know, the AFL was still around at that time. So, you usually see guys from like the AFL get a jump, get a you know opportunity sure, up there, sure. and uh, you know I, I I got the opportunity to go to a workout in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. So I had to leave from Richmond, Virginia, to go to Birmingham, Alabama, and um, I get down there and uh, go through the workout or whatever. And the head coach comes up to me after, and uh, his name was uh, Corey Chamberlain, and kind of talked to me for a quick second, blah blah blah, and was basically he basically told me that my receiver coach from college, Coach Jones, gave him his first coaching job in NFL Europe. So he basically was just like, I know what you've got taught is like the right thing, okay. and uh, so they basically told me don't work, don't work out for no other teams. We'll we'll give you a call. So I'm like, ah, okay, no contract, no nothing, you know, whatever. So I head right back to Richmond, and every, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, you know, blah blah, blah. you know, that's a, you know, good thing, blah blah, you know, mm -hmm. oh, good for you, Devin. So I'm getting ready to play the next week, and I get a call from the general manager of Saskatchewan, and they're like, hey, we're gonna, um we're going to invite you to rookie minicamp in Bradenton, Florida. Oh, so I went down to rookie minicamp um, or I went to minicamp or whatever the minicamp with everybody, the whole team. And uh, it was uh, very different, you know, <laughs> running these type of routes on a bigger field, um, you know, uh, just the speed of the game was a little different from going from arena to, to that. Um, but, um, three day mini camp in Bradenton went through that still no, you know, contract or nothing, go back to Richmond again, getting ready to play for another week. They call me again and say, Hey, we're going to offer you a contract. Nice. So, yeah. So, um, got signed with them, went up to Canada, um, was one of 20 receivers in camp, I think, or something like that. So it was very interesting. And then come to find out that you're not competing against all the receivers. You're just competing against the American receivers. So, okay. yeah, so it was it was a, a whirlwind at that. Um, you know, got an opportunity throughout camp to um, go with the ones a few times. Um, you know, really took advantage of that opportunity uh, in the – both preseason games had uh, a couple catches and some special teams plays. So, you know, that got me opportunity on the, to be on the practice squad, uh, got to the practice squad, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Got activated against uh, week nine, I think, or something like that. Week 10, somewhere in there against Toronto. Got my first game, played against Toronto. Uh, played the next week against Calgary, made uh, – I was the first rookie on the team to score a touchdown, uh, and then sprained, sprained my ankle pretty bad to put me on IR. I come off of IR, and I get hit in practice and get a concussion. 
and then they release me a week later. Yeah, yeah. What are the odds? Jesus. Yeah. That, so what are the odds? So Coach Seleski, the guy that got me to Saskatchewan was the defensive coordinator and player personnel for the Cleveland Gladiators of the AFL. So he, as soon as I got released, he called me and was just like, hey, you know, you still want to play arena football? Yeah, 100%. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, so signed with Cleveland, went there, and got the opportunity to learn under Coach Ton. Uh, got the chance to play with CT uh, uh, and uh, Dominique Goodman, uh, T. Lou. So these guys, you know, were some pretty household names themselves at the time. And, uh, you know, got the chance to play with them. But at the same time, you know, I was a young guy trying to make a name for myself. Uh, That's where me and Q Sims kind of ran across each other and became really good friends uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, that was pretty cool. And that's what kind of led me back into the arena world. Um, So from there to Jacksonville at 17 to Maine in 18, and then now to Jacksonville, where I've been for the since 2019. Nice, yeah. I mean, you've definitely carved your and out a niche at least in arena. And I, like I said, I just still find that fascinating. You go from and the PIF, PIFL. I mean, they're still still around. They're still kicking. It's just you know they're not. Once you jump, once you drop down from say IFL NAL levels, it kind of just becomes really minor of minor league. So it just kind of you know. Besides the connection, it just surprises me. You know, you go from there, you get your shot in the C- CFL as one of the prominent leagues. Uh, you know, I got you've been in now with that. And that being said, as a receiver, you go from the widest field margin of any professional football to the most claustrophobic of any setup for arena. And of course, receivers, you need to be able to you need to be able to open things up a little bit, you know, and CFL allows you to do that. I mean, how? Do you sometimes wish arena you could just have a little bit more room sometimes, you know, 50 yards is it's still a decent field size, but you know, for someone that can be a little more speedy or, you know, you have to worry about the walls, you know, that always, if I were to play the game, that would worry me in the back of my head all the time. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, you know, it was funny cause going from playing arena to, to the CFL, we, we would be in practice and like, you know, running routes and stuff or, and, you know, they would throw the ball and you would just be like, like, why is it still in the air? You know what I'm saying? Why is it like not come down yet? And then going from the CFL back into arena, it was really like, oh, wow. All right. This, this is a lot quicker now and everything mm-hmm. like that. So, uh, you know, I tell guys like, you know, playing an arena, it, it's it's a lot different because you you really have to be able to work like in a phone booth, you know. Especially if you play um, on close to the wall, um, you know. Me, I'm I'm fortunate enough to, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a motion guy, um, you know. I, you know, and I'm a I'm a bigger motion guy, so um, you know, I really don't have to be around the wall too much unless I have to make a catch, and you know, I really don't care about that either because at the end of the day, I'm a football player, so if I'm on the outdoor. I'm not going to ball up because somebody's about to hit me when I make a catch. It's no different hitting the wall. You know what I'm saying? That's how I look at it. The wall, the wall is no different than a defender to me. So it's just like a, you know, I mean, and you know, and that's what I try to tell a lot of the younger guys is don't think of the wall as a wall. 
Like, yes, right, it's a wall. Right. We all know there's a wall right there. Like, yes. But just think <laughs> of it as like a defender. Like, you're jumping up over a defender. Or if you're worried about the wall, just jump over it. Clear it. Good point. I mean, and most of you guys are probably athletic enough to clear it anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I would I would think that's a good good situation. And of course, many we we're there's no college arena system. So, you know, for a lot of professional guys, you know, and you're talking about teaching some of these some players, this is their a lot of them go in, this is their first experience with say like an NAO or an IFL, and they're like, Well, yeah, the wall might be a kind of a freak factor <laughs> of sorts, like this you know it exists i can't look at it i'm looking up at the sky trying to pick a, get a pass and it could hit me at any time <laughs> oh yeah definitely there, you know there's a there's a saying in the arena world that the the wall is undefeated you yep. know it's, uh, <laughs> you know it's definitely it's not moving uh, you know it's going to be there uh you know you kind of look forward to some teams different arenas um that have a square end zone or something kind of like um albany has a square end zone uh carolina has a square end zone. Theirs is actually kind of cool because it's has a space behind it. Um, Orlando has an open end zone. So, you know, games like that, you really can game plan different, throw different type of balls, you know, where in like an arena like in Jacksonville, you might not want to throw a deeper ball all the time because that wall is another defender back there. But in those type of arenas, you can – it's a little different. So – um so yeah so you're saying you prefer like for example orlando's like you're saying as the, it's a it's not a connected square like albany it's got that spacer of sorts you you prefer that maybe a little kind oh, of like yeah. a traditional one, end zone ish 110 percent. yes yes i mean at the end of the day i don't care you know what i'm saying throw oh, it sure up. sure but you I know mean, throw it up i'm gonna i'm gonna do my job but you know if, if we were if we were playing a an arena video game or something and i had the choice to select arena um mm -hmm. you know if i can make if i could take jacksonville's noise and put it in orlando's uh arena yeah i would do that like just because of the square the opening um it's a lot of different type of passes you could throw more fade balls um deeper corner routes you know you don't have to really worry about it just, you know it just helps it helps the quarterback out helps everybody out it's just more receiver friendly i would say right right completely understand you know but you still like you're saying you still play the game it's just that you know sometimes you take the little bits of advantage where you can or you know conveniences i guess is how we'll label label that there, there. uh i'll tell you one thing you didn't get many conveniences this year uh jacksonville at least it uh seemed like it'd be one step forward and then all of a sudden two steps in the opposite direction at times whether whether you know you have you have injuries from the beginning of the season onward or you know just uh you know plays not going your way and as we know you know Jacksonville's kind of known as this successful arena franchise i, I guess in if we're going to compare leagues you know whereas the IFL is the Rattlers the NAL is the Jacksonville Sharks you know kind of fan base kind of expects consistent success each year and a bit of an off year i mean how, how do you how do you take that you know i know I know you got in most games seven thousand ish fans usually per home contest, and it's hard for them. I imagine for yourself being in two different championship seasons, that's got to be a little bit of a strain. Being like we're just this close, but if only we had certain things going our way that maybe in past seasons it did. Yeah, um, you know this 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 season was tough. Um, just kind of kind of how you you know you touched on 
um, you know, uh, there's a standard in Jacksonville, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, in order to be a shark, there's a standard, um, you know, and, and winning, winning is one of those standards, you know? Uh, so, you know, it's tough, um, especially just how it kind of unfolded, you know, um, any, you know, any professional team, I don't care what level you're on. I mean, professional college, um, you know, you're a little bit more fortunate in, in those, uh, avenues but professionally wise if your starting quarterback goes down it, you know what i'm saying it, it, there's a different there, you, you know unless you just have like we were in 19 unless you're fortunate to have two guys like we did in 2019 mm-hmm. things that might transpire how they transpired you know um mike went down um had to play you know with a guy that's never played arena football before at it at certain positions, I feel like you can do that, and there and you might not have no problem. Like receiver, yes, there is a motion. There's motioning and stuff like that. Yes, there's a wall, but at the end of the day, it's sea ball. It's sea ball, catch ball, get open. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? O line, yes. E line. Uh, you know, I feel like a rookie could come in right away and make an impact if they understand what their assignment is. A quarterback, if you've never seen these coverages, you never know, you never understood like a jack, how he moves and the limitations and what type of balls to throw. And you've never thrown inside of an arena, like with walls, except for on, you know, game day, like it's going to be tough. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I don't think, you know, a lot of people, you know, you would see fans and stuff, you, you know, you, you try not to see that stuff, but you see fans make comments and stuff and where they think it might be the coaching or stuff like that. But it's at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's not it's it's not always the coaching. It's the how the cards are dealt sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We, we were quarterback. We were we had the injury bug like yeah. our whole db the whole we didn't have the same d the first all the dbs in the first game got hurt we had a whole different db group the second game two brand new quarterbacks the second game you know you try to go into it in the third game and it's just the same you know what i'm saying we beat all the you know you you we get a quarterback in and knows you know somewhat of the game we beat albany and then it just keeps happening injury bug you know on top of we're playing in a pandemic you know, so you're dealing with that as well, you know, COVID and having to deal with that and everything like that. So, yes, it was a season that uh, was very tough as a player, as a um, competitor, as a, you know, former champion, as a, you know, two-time champion, whatever it might be. Um, it was tough, you know, individually. Um, it was tough, you know. Um, you know, I was back-to-back first team all NAL and then to get, you know, a lot of people – don't get me wrong. I'm blessed. I'm very blessed. But again, how there's how there's a standard in Jackson, there's a standard within me. And for me to miss first team to get second team, you know, that's very disappointing to myself. Um, so, yeah, it was, just, it was a it was a very interesting season. And, uh, you know, all you can do is get better from it. Yeah. I mean, you you guys at least put up a good fight at the end. You know, that that season finale against Albany, you were right there. Obviously, bringing Jonathan Bain back in as you're talking 2019 you know one of the stars of the show there of course in that championship run so you know he's free and available from the ifl why not and he had a shot there right at the end 
Um, but hey, I mean, you can reload next year, and obviously the league is trying to, you know, get itself in a better spot and make one of the best seasons it can in its short lifetime so far. Um, honestly, I want to want to hear you are one of the players that's kind of been really seen the NAL grow or at least gone through its different phases since the beginning. Uh, I mean, you joined him with the Sharks 2017 and really have kind of been there or one year with Maine for the most part through. I mean, how has the league changed for you since that inaugural season? Like how, how would you describe at least what it's kind of at least metamorphed or transformed into what's different from the 2017 inaugural year? Um, I think, um, I think, I think the league's moving in the right direction. You know, I will say that, um, I think, um, you know, going through the pandemic, I think the pandemic messed a lot of things up with plans, with teams, with, you know, um, money finances and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. I think that that was one of the reasons why certain things might've dropped. Um, but, um, I think they're heading in the right direction. Um, I think we have some good owners. I think we have some good owners within the league. Um, I think um, we have some good cities in the league, um, you know, with us, with Jacks. I mean, with Jack, us in Jacksonville, um, Orlando, uh, Albany. Um, uh, you have some former AFL teams. So, you know, you understand, you know, they have understanding of what arena football it's supposed to be like what kind of what to expect. And you kind of saw that definitely this year, especially in Orlando, uh, Albany, you know, within themselves, you know, their fan base was, you know, a one, um, you know, Columbus as well as getting there. So, um, I think it's moving in the right direction. I think we just, you know, need to try to expand, um, you know, playing the same teams all the time. It gets old. Um, you know, um, you know, I think, Massachusetts leaving didn't help, you know, and then they go when I took championship, you know. Oh, yeah, funny, funny how that works out, right? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, so they leave, um, you know, uh, Louisville was originally in our league. You know, they left. Um, West Virginia wasn't here this year. Um, the Tampa Bay Tornado, the Tampa Bay was supposed to be a team or something like that. They end up folding or something before this season. Um, then you have the California team that ends up folding right before week one. We were supposed to play them. So, you know, those things are right there. You know, you see the league trying to do their part and expand. But as a player, sometimes you see as a player, you look at it like, oh, OK, but they never go through. We're playing the same teams all the time. And then you look on the other side at the IFL, which is, yeah, different rules and stuff. But, you know, they're 10 teams plus, you know, something like that. Sure. You know, um, so, you know, you're just like, well, you know, why can't we be get to that? Or why can't we all come together? You know, at the end of the day, it's arena football. We're all playing on 50 yards. Um, you know, that's just I mean, that's kind of my take on it. I mean, I, I think we can expand. I think they, they're trying to expand. and I know that's the goal. I just, um, you know, sometimes I think it might be a little too late. You know, or I won't. I won't be a part of it. Right. I. Yeah. That's you know. It's a pretty good point. I mean, you know, I'm not not saying you're old or anything. I know thirty obviously isn't. It's not. 
it's always comes up as this like magic number for people when it comes for athletes, right? Like, oh, you hit the big three oh, I guess you're going downhill now, right? I mean, mostly running backs, but you know, even receivers anymore. It's like, great, looks like looks like it seems you're expensive. But I mean, I imagine you've got I'm mean, you I imagine yourself, you got some years in the tank. You feel like you're still gonna are you still gonna play? Is yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, hold on now. Yeah, yeah, hold on. I'm not I saying think. any I'm not hey, I didn't uh, mean it like no, that. I, <laughs> I think I'm still, you know, um, you know, last year kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. So yeah, I definitely still, you know, I, I still hold on, I still could I don't care who's what if and but about it. I I'm still one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in Raider football. Mm-hmm. Like say how what you want to say. I can I can do it all. I mean, it, it don't matter. I'm stationary. I'm always, it don't matter. I, I've got open against the best of them. So, you know, you turn the tape on, you're going to see AFL Hall of Famers getting scored on. So, you know, and even in this league, turn on, turn on the tape, your favorite DB is getting scored on. And at the end of the day, defensive coordinators are trying to stop Devin Wilson. So, yeah, I know what time it is. So yeah, no, I got plenty. I got a little. I got a lot left, and you know, I, I want a few more rings too. So right, um, right. Yeah, I'm di- I'm digging the swagger. I'm digging. I'm digging a little bit of the juice there. You know, I mean, next year for for at least for this organization, I imagine it's going to be pumping things up, especially now with more competition. Like say Albany, with how aggressive they've been with you know trying to stockpile talent, and you know, you right. know, Orlando came out of nowhere this year and turned things completely 180 in terms of production and Columbus is always right there. You know, they just right. they get the best out of their players. It seems, it seems at times too. Uh, so yeah, I, <laughs> and again, not, not doubting that you'd be back. It's just, you know, <laughs> you gotta ask, I guess, you gotta right? ask, make you know, ask. make sure, yeah. you know, someone's going to be, someone listening to this will be like, Oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just see number <laughs> 10 out on the, give me some return in the shark tank again next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. That, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, kind of random pivot since I know you're from Music City. Uh, Nashville Cats, funny thing. Not only, you know, obviously you you may have grown up with them in their prime, of course, and that's in that area. But, you know, the league owns that trademark. So, I mean, if you were to give a pitch for Nashville, like why does the Music City make maybe a possible arena venue? What? Listen, Na- I think Nashville uh, would make a great – for one, it's had, it's had arena football. And it's been successful, you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it, it's a it's a growing town, if not one of the biggest growing towns in the United States right now. Um, you know, it, it, I mean, it, it would just be, a, I think it would be a great place for arena football, you know. Um, you had the Nashville Cats, like you said. You know, I grew up kind of watching them. That was kind of my first introduction to arena football. Uh, watching the James Barons and uh, the T.T. Tollivers that played, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that played for the Cats. Um, you know, so that was kind of cool for me and, you know, really kind of, oh, what is this? You know, and, you know, had the arena football game when I was younger. Uh, so um, then the Venom came, another, you know, PFL champion, you know. So it's almost like if you build it there, they're going to come. And the fans are going to come. Uh, I mean, it's a football town. Um, it's a sports town. I mean, we got yeah. the Titans, you got the Predators, you got the Nashville Sounds. I mean, and only on top of that, you have TSU, you got Vanderbilt, you know, the SEC women's, was it the SEC women's basketball championships there every year, the OVC, yeah. uh, the OVC championships there. 
Um, so, you know, I think I think it'll be great for Nashville. Now, I, I would love for it to come so I could go back and, you know, visit and play, you know, play against them and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, no, I, I, I think it'll be a great place for him football. Now, I, now here's the thing. I got to. I would love to see and go to a Nashville game if that were to ever happen. And I think it should, by the way, um, you know, for my sake, personally, only five hours away and or Indianapolis gets a team. I mean, I'd love that too. Uh, but you know, great city, at least if you were to make a choice and the league owns that trademark. So they, they should really use it if they have it. Uh, but for yourself, I need to go down to Jacksonville at some point. Uh, Jim, of course, if he was on here, he's from Jacksonville, he's a season ticket holder for the Sharks, so he's been telling me the same thing. Uh, for yourself, though, you've been there for several years. Uh, where is the place I should go if I'm in the city besides going to the game? Where should I like get a bite to eat or something? A bite to eat? Um, I my I like um beach, uh beachside seafood which is down by the beach um i'm a i'm a seafood person um you know i'm a fry, i'm a fried shrimp uh uh lover you know especially like coconut coconut fried shrimp so okay. um yeah yeah if you want if you want uh you know that seafood um oh man uh trying to think of like some jacksonville places oh um Metro Diner, got to go to Metro Ooh. Diner. Okay. Uh, now, now they are a sponsor of the Sharks. You know, thank you. You know, uh, shout out to Metro Diner. But they, uh, <laughs> no, they have great, great food. Um, their chicken and waffles is unbelievable. Um, they have like a strawberry uh, butter that's uh, pretty good. So yeah, uh, Metro Diner is one, and uh, um, I'm a Gator Dockside guy too. You know, they had some good Gator Tail. I don't know if you've ever had gator tail. But, uh, I, I think I've had it maybe once before. It's been a while though. Uh, I'm gonna need to. I was I was in a I was in Gulf Shores, Alabama just la- just this past spring. Didn't really get the chance to have it, but I know it's a popular dish down you know in kind of the Gulf area. So. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, ga- uh, yeah, um, yeah gator dockside uh, with the gator tail. Uh, great stuff. So yeah. All right. All right. I'll keep those listed. You know, I got, I mean, I got the, going to keep this recording of course, so I can always <laughs> just come back and rewrite them down. Right. right. <laughs> Devin, you know, th- thanks for your time. Uh, appreciate it. Really, you know, glad to get your backstory and everything and really just, uh, you know, uh, your take on the league. Cause I mean, every right now, you know, owners meetings are going on and, you know, players have put in their points at least post, you know, the NAL championship. And, you know, we watched this, the scene of arena and indoor and, you know, you kind of wonder where the NAL sits and all of this when you see the IFL too. So I get your, I'm glad you give me that, you give that take and, you know, much like you, I hope the league grows just like yourself. So th- thank you for joining the show and just, you know, giving insight and just talking to your year in general. Uh, do you have anything to say to uh, at least Sharks fans out there and where can we find you on social, man? Um, to the Sharks fans, um, you know, um, you know, looking to bounce back, you know, hope, hope, hopefully they, they want to sign me back. Uh, you know, hopefully they want to bring me back, uh, you know, uh, but looking forward to bouncing back and, uh, you know, um, playing Sharks football and competing for a championship. You know, uh, it was weird for me to even watch, you know, the championship this year. Or, you know, I still haven't even watched it all the way through. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to bouncing back and, you know, um, 
But in order for us to do that, you know, we're going to need the full support of Shark Nation and, you know, for everybody to want to pack the Shark Tank every game. Um, so, but uh, yeah, on social, you can find me on uh, uh, Dub underscore the underscore dude 11. Um, that's for Instagram and Twitter. So uh, yeah, you can find me on there. And then uh, uh, you can, if you're in the Jacksonville area and you want to see some good high school football, uh, come check, come check out the Andrew Jackson uh, Tigers. Uh, I'm the uh, offensive coordinator over there and the uh, wide receiver coach. So uh, yeah, we're two and one right now um, on a two game win streak. Um, so uh, playing a big rival this week against Reigns. So yeah, if you're in the Jacksonville area and you're looking for some good high school football, come come on down to Main Street to the uh, to you know to watch the Tigers take on uh, Reigns this week uh, this Friday. So yeah, um, but uh, besides that, um, you know uh, I appreciate you having me um, and stuff, and uh, looking forward to it anytime you you guys want to have me on and uh, go Tigers and uh, and fins up. <laughs> Thanks, Devin. Catch you later. We'll hopefully, well, we'll definitely, I imagine we'll be seeing you in this season. So really appreciate the time. Catch you next time. Yes, sir. Special thanks once again to Devin Wilson for joining the show. Hopefully next time we will be able to have all three of us in a discussion. I know Jim has been looking forward to talking with Devin, and I definitely know that both Devin and I will make sure that that happens again and that we can all three of us next time join an episode and discuss as we will as the off season continues and or maybe we talk in the resumption of the 2022 regular season because honestly the sharks are probably in my opinion going to re-sign Devin Wilson I see no reason why they wouldn't and I think that that would be foolish if for some reason that didn't happen well guys that's going to do it really much for this edition of inside the walls it again it is the off season we'll be back in two weeks make sure to follow us on social by the way facebook instagram and twitter that is in walls pod that is at in walls pod and that's crucial for us we're trying to debate if we want to do an ifl version of the show which i know for those listening in here that are of course listening to an nal podcast um that would not be saying that we would mix both of them in the same episodes we're talking if we would make inside the walls and have ifl versions of the show on the same podcast so you would still get nal episodes but we'd also do an ifl recording as well that is still under the inside the walls banner. So we're debating that right now. We have to hit social media goals to do so. Currently, if I am recalling off the top of my head here and stay with me, we're looking to get to 400 followers on Facebook, 100 followers on Twitter, and if I'm remembering this right, we're trying to get to 100 followers on Instagram as well. If we can build those audiences, we will consider we are we have talked about plans in the background. Um, but again, for those that are NAL listeners, this show isn't going to go anywhere. We're still going to talk NAL. It's just that we've had so many requests asking why we don't do IFL that we're just debating that right now. So uh, if you know some friends that enjoy the IFL and you want the, to have us cover the league for you know IFL fans, and if you think that our quality can extend to that, please push, push them our way. Because we, we would like to. I think we would like to at least give it a good shot and our best effort to try to do so. You know, And that, again, grows the game as a whole, even though I know the rival leagues, um, it would grow the game as a whole. So without further ado, guys, that is going to do it 
Thank you for the support as always. Keep on supporting the show. We'll keep on bringing you some good NAL content, good arena content in the future. And you know, see you in two weeks. And I'll say Jim's one line that you know I, I can't do it. He, I can't leave a show without this line being muttered. Because remember one thing. Ladies and gentlemen, just, just don't be a jack out of the box. And stay tuned, folks.